superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan Warmly, joined on this Friday morning in Week 11 by Pat Fitzmorris and by Derek Brown. Fellas, we are here. It is Week 11. We were really excited for Thursday Night Football last night. We don't always hit on Thursday night games on this show, but there was so much that happened in this game that we have to do it. Everybody was finally excited to have two good teams, divisional matchup. I was really excited, obviously, as a Ravens fan. They did get the win, but at what cost? My, oh, my, this was a crazy game. There was a phantom holding call that cost Save Flowers a 68-yard touchdown that just crushed the hearts of fantasy managers and betters everywhere. Uh, a lot of guys got banged up, though, and we have to talk about some of these injuries. Debra, I want to start with you on Joe Burrow. We had seen, or some people had seen, this clip of him with his wrist in some kind of a cast coming off the plane before the game. I had not seen that, actually. So there's questions about NFL reporting injuries, you know, or the Bengals reporting injuries to the NFL, all that stuff. But the main takeaway is we might be without Burrow for a while. What does that do to this offense? What was your takeaway here? Oh, man. I mean, you saw what the Jake Browning show looked like. It's not pretty, guys. Um, I, I mean, everybody's going to get downgraded. Joe Mixon falls down to a volume-dependent mid to low end RB two Jamar chase turns into hopefully the best version of Deandre Hopkins when he had no quarterbacks and everybody else. Good luck in this offense. Tyler boy goes into wide receiver four or five territory. It's, it's bad stuff guys. Um, and our own, uh, Dr. Deepak Chona, uh, put it out there on Twitter. So go check that out or excuse me, X put it out there that, um, with, uh, Joe Burrow, I mean, we're looking at a multi-week absence. And if it's a tear, I know he's getting an MRI, then we're looking at possibly four to six weeks. I mean, that's the heart of the fantasy season. That, that, that's 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 everything we got left. Like, so it's it's bad. I mean, come on, Jamar yeah. Chase has now been nuked, guys. He's, he's I mean, I mean, if it's six weeks, all of a sudden you you're dropping Joe Burrow. Like, like literally yeah. he's not on your team. It's which yeah. is nuts to think about that. A, that we're at this point in the season, and B that the injury could be that significant. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's tough stuff. It's brutal. Man. Fitz, what are you doing with all the other Bengals skill players? Debro said it pretty well. I mean, Mixon, just because of the volume, is going to remain in RB2. Um, but man, the passing game, like um, basically Jamar Chase is where Garrett Wilson has been all season, where he's got to try to survive mm -hmm. on bad quarterbacking. And he's good enough where he can probably be like a mid-range to low-end wide receiver too. But man... It's just so depressing because this was one of the fun passing games that um, you could be heavily invested in that could support two or three wide receivers. I mean, I was thinking about picking up Tanner Hudson in a couple of, le yeah. of leagues this week now that he has clearly become the, the tight end one there. But, um, you know, if we're going from Joe Burrow to Jake Browning, I'm not too excited about picking up Tanner Hudson anymore. I mean, maybe yeah. the Bengals knock on Joe Flacco's door. You know, it seems to be the thing that all the yeah. NFL teams want to do these days. They're, so. they're going to be the second Ohio team to do that. He's already in Cleveland <laughs> do, right now, uh, you know, doing a workout. Oh, 
Joe there, Flacco being in high demand. What, what have we come to? Yeah. <laughs> what have we come uh, to? On the other side, guys, you know, I said this to Fitz before we started recording. Obviously, I was very happy to get the win, a big win as a Ravens fan, but it almost felt like a loss this morning after the Mark Andrews injury. I mean, goes to, great first drive, goes down right at the end, ankle injury. Harbaugh said after the game that it looked it's very serious. Their prayers are with Mark and that it's very likely a season-ending injury. It's not 100%, I guess, but we're assuming it's season-ending. That's a killer to this offense. It's a killer to managers who have struggled at tight end, but happen, you know, you draft Mark Andrews early, so you don't have to play the tight end struggle game. Fitz will start with you this time, but who are some tight end options you should be looking at if you're the Mark Andrews manager, and how much would you say this might even impact Lamar in the passing game? Well, you teased us by saying it's very likely Mark Andrews is out for the season. It could be a lot of Isaiah likely. Um, Yeah, terrible about Andrews, obviously, you know, one of the top tight ends, a big blow to his stakeholders. Um, But those people should be heading right for Isaiah likely, who is, uh, I think he's rostered in one or 2% of Yahoo League. So I'm looking at uh, it right now. There's going to be heavy demand for him this week. And with good reason, like he is kind of a true handcuffed tight end I don't know I mean maybe they work in a little Charlie Kohler and it's not as as pure Isaiah likely as um some people might anticipate but man likely is really athletic uh, I think he earned himself some um some cred with the Baltimore coaches by blocking his tail off on that long catch and run that uh Zay Flowers had early in that game like Isaiah likely was downfield and he threw like two blocks uh I'm surprised like Kirk Herbstreet and uh, Al Michaels didn't pick up on that, but like likely just gave a phenomenal effort on that play. So really athletic. We've seen him pop in the past, like last year. Um, I'm anxious to see what he can do. And we know how important tight end is to the Baltimore offense. Yeah. D-Row Fitz mentioned Charlie Kohler. I think Baltimore really likes Charlie Kohler. They were drafted in the same round, him and Isaiah yeah. likely. And Kohler's probably the better blocker, although Fitz did mention Isaiah doing a better job of that, but likely is the guy, you know, in this offense that is is likely to to get most of the receiving work at tight end, I would imagine. Uh, But what's your takeaway from this injury here? And is there anybody else outside of Baltimore that you would be looking at? Uh, yeah, I mean, so I, I pulled it up while Fitz was talking. Uh, Isaiah likely only 3% rostered over on Yahoo. So definitely people would be rushing to pick him up. Um, if there, If likely... If you're at a spot where you don't have any fab or things like and likely gets picked up before you, two other names I'll throw out there below 50% that people can go to. Luke Musgrave is still out there. Good matchup this week, and we know the ceiling and the talents there. Uh, Pat Fryermuth also below 50%, so two other names just to monitor. But I, I think it's going to be the likely show. Um, and the other part about this, and I know we're, we're very tight end centric and we should be based off of how Baltimore uses their offense, but... We saw Odell Beckham pop off of the big game last night. The other part of this is, what if the big fallout of this is not the targets go to Isaiah Likely, but we see the wide receivers get more of a bump. Zay Flowers gets an extra target or two or three every single week. Odell Beckham gets more in the mix. Rashad Bateman, who is a full-time player, now comes back to life as maybe a, a flex play every week. So for me, I think the fallout for me is it's more of, do we see maybe the running backs involved in more in the passing game? And do we see the wide receivers get more of a bump? Zay Flowers in week one, when Mark Andrews was out, had nine catches on 10 targets. So to your point, they were very happy to go to him when Andrews was not in the game back in week one. 
Guys, Lamar also got banged up in this game. He was limping a, a couple of different times on what looked like an ankle injury. Odell Beckham Jr. had a shoulder injury with a late tackle despite his great game. Is there anything on either of these guys that concerns you, or or do we think the Ravens have a bye in week 13? So there's they play in primetime this upcoming week against the Chargers, and then a bye. Is there a chance maybe the Ravens kind of try and sit them to get, to get through to that bye, or do you think they're kind of okay? I mean – can, can Todd Monken not call design run plays when his quarterback's already got an ankle <laughs> yeah. issue? Can that not happen? Because, I mean, that yeah. feels like that would probably be, um, what's the word? Smart. Smart. Yeah. But, um, no, I mean, I, I think that really they're probably going to gut it out and go out there. Maybe they, they do the, the wide receiver rotation with these guys if Odell is able to play. But, I mean, we're just hoping they get the least healthy or can stay healthy enough through the, to the bye. Yeah. All right. Let's let's do a quick palate cleanser here. We have a poll on Spotify from last week's show. Is Star Wars The Last Jedi a top five Star Wars movie? Our producer, John, sent me the results this morning. The official voting tally is 42% said yes, it is a top five Star Wars movie. 57% said no. So that is – I expected to get a lot more pushback, honestly. 42% is not bad. I, John I feel gave like, – like gave you a layup <laughs> because he said top five. If Why he would have said top, how many Star Wars movies are there? Were I don't know, like ten or eleven. That's a, that is a layup. If he just said top three, <laughs> but, the results oh, of that well, poll, he said top five. He said top different. five. This is what okay, we got. I feel saying. very much like Interested Development. Yeah, he, but Tobias he is like, out. there are He's dozens good. of us. Like, I'm not the only helped one. You out. He helped uh, you out. Fits forty two percent. That's pretty good, right? Yeah, that is higher than I thought it was going to be, Worm. I, I guess you can yeah. victory lap this, even though it's not uh, a majority. <laughs> yes, it's it's a, it's an emotional victory lap for me on that one. Uh, okay, let's jump into the show here. Uh, if this is our matchup preview show, we'll be running through key questions for every single game remaining on the Week 11 slate. There are four teams on by, Falcons, Colts, Patriots, and the Saints. Matchup previews. Let's start with game one here. It's uh, a doozy in terms of a lopsided game. Cowboys at Panthers. My key question here, somewhat under the radar, although, Debra, I know you were tweeting about this the other day. Dak Prescott has four straight top three finishes <laughs> at the quarterback position in fantasy. His rest of season schedule is filled with friendly matchups. If you look on Fantasy Pros, where you know they highlight it in red if it's a tough matchup and green if it's a friendly one, it's all green the rest of the way. Where should he be ranked at quarterback rest of season, Debra? I've got him at QB four nestled right behind Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. And if that's not where he needs to be, somebody needs to tell me why. I mean, he's been a top three QB, like you said, Worm, in each of the last four games. Dallas is running. They, 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 they've evoked Kevin Moore uh, thoughts and, and uh, ideas in this offense. So shout out to Mike McCarthy for changing up the offense. I mean, I know we don't talk a lot very highly about Mike McCarthy on this show, but that was a really smart move and they are leaning into the passing game and the pace has been fantastic. So if it's not QB four, you got to tell me why not Fitz. Yeah. Fitz he's down at QB nine, just to, to preface it um, in the rest of season rankings, you know, according to the expert consensus, he's behind those main three. Also Lamar Tua, Burrow, who will go down that just hasn't adjusted yet. Uh, Herbert and Stroud actually. So where would you have him? 
Yeah, I mean, he's ahead of Stroud. I've I've already moved Burrow behind him. I've got him at QB7 um, in addition to the big three of Mahomes, Hurts, and uh, Josh Allen. I've also got Lamar and Tua ranked ahead of him, which I'm I'm going to keep that way. The one I'm debating is right now I've got Justin Herbert ahead of him, and that might not be right. Um, th- this does feel like sort of a permanent change in the offensive MO for the Cowboys and, and for Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer. I'm, I'm here for it, man. I mean, CeeDee Lamb over his last three games, 44 <laughs> targets, 34 receptions, and 500 receiving yards in his last yeah. three. Uh, keep on slinging it, Dak. This is oh, fantastic. Oh, yeah, baby. It's, it's awesome. Uh, I do have a second question in this game just to hit on the Panthers side. Frank Reich is taking back play calling duties for Carolina. Do we think that's going to matter, A, in the long run, but B, specifically against a defense like Dallas's fits? Probably not, but it might matter for the Panthers' most viable fantasy asset of 2023, Adam Thielen. Uh, With Frank Reich calling the plays in weeks one through six, Thielen averaged 84.8 receiving yards per game. With offensive coordinator Thomas Brown calling the plays for the Panthers in their last three games, Thielen averaged 47.7 receiving yards. And, um, I mean, part of it is uh, average depth of target. With Reich calling the plays, Thielen's uh, eight out was 7.8 yards. With Brown calling the plays, 4.2 yards. And a uh, hat tip to Dave Kluge of Football Guys, whose uh, tweet pointed out the A-dot dip with Thomas Brown as the play caller. Debra, we touched on this a bit on the Thursday show yesterday with Erickson, and you were sort of thinking that you were not really caring about the play calling change when it came to Adam Thielen, at least for this week. Is that still kind of where you stand? Yeah, I, I don't care unless Frank Reich is going to go out there and be a wide receiver, too, for this offense, and he's going to run routes and get open. I don't think it matters. Like, the offensive line is still bad. They have no run game. Um, looking outside of Adam Thielen, who, I mean, look, it He goes as Bryce Bryce Young goes, and I think more of the Adam Thielen dip that we're seeing has not been so much of the play calling, but the fact that Bryce Young is still not playing good football, and I don't know what the answer is. It's not the play calling. It's, it's, I don't know, it's this team is not very good, so I, I don't see this improving that much for Adam Thielen. I think that you see some of these, uh, not I'll say veteran wide receivers. I'm not going to use the term old. Don't be nice here. The veteran wide receivers, you see them do slow down. Like maybe they start off hot, like yesteryear's Larry Fitzgerald, places, people like that, like where they start off hot out the gate and then they kind of taper off as the season goes along. And I think that some of it, yes, I understand the ADOT with, with Adam Thielen, but the other part or pieces about this, I just don't think this offense is very good. And I think they're just grasping at straws and trying to find uh, answers for questions that don't exist right now. It's hard to believe we're already this deep into the NFL season. We've got to make every second count. And with DraftKings Sportsbook, you can make the most out of every game day. Bet on your favorite teams for a shot at winning big bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting five on any matchup. This week, we've got some stinkers on the slate with three different games having a spread in double digits on DraftKings, including the one we just talked about, plus a couple others over a touchdown. But the schedule makers made it up to us by gifting us Eagles Chiefs in prime time on Monday Night Football. The Super Bowl rematch will be amazing. The Chiefs are laying two and a half points at home. However you guys plan to bet that one, get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now and use code FANTASYPROS. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just five bucks on the NFL. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code FANTASYPROS. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Guys, let's move into the other AFC North game this week. That's Steelers at Browns. Fitz, what are we doing with the Browns' skill position players now that Deshaun Watson is out for the season and we're back to Dorian Thompson-Robinson starting at least for this week? Oh, man. And yeah, the quarterback change has driven the Vegas total in this game down to, uh, I think it was 33 at last check. It's like a University of Iowa football game. (laughs) Um, I'm still (laughs) I'm still playing Jerome Ford. You have to figure that the Browns are going to be trying to run this offense through the running backs as much as possible, because not only is Deshaun Watson out, they've got their two starting tackles, Jack Conklin and Jedrick Wills on injured reserve. Um, So. Yes, the touchdown prospects for Ford and every other Browns skill player have dimmed, but Ford has 37 carries and six catches over the last two weeks, Uh, 43 touches, more than 20 a game. And you have to figure he's going to continue to touch the ball quite a bit. I think Kareem Hunt at least stays on the flex radar for the same reasons. Um, And then, you know, Amari Cooper, we were just talking about this uh, with Jamar Chase, good receivers who are just totally hamstrung at quarterback. And we know that Cooper isn't on Chase's level anyway. So he goes from like a pretty dependable wide receiver two to like kind of a dicey wide receiver three. And uh, look, I I really don't want to play David Njoku anymore. Uh, He actually had the best game of any pass catcher when uh, Watson was hurt back in week four and, and Thompson Robinson had to make a start on very short notice. Njoku had six catches for 46 yards that day, but... By no means do I want to rely on the DTR to Najoku connection going forward. I actually asked both of you guys earlier this week uh, for your opinions on a dynasty trade I was offered, and I ended up trading for Amari Cooper like 12 <laughs> hours before this Deshaun Watson news This is all your fault, Worm. Out. This yeah, is all your so fault. That, just saying. That we, we, was killer We timing. went through the history, you and I, and, and yeah. the, the list of, of, of players you've traded for that have just all of a sudden come up snake bit. It's a pretty long list, I, man. I traded so. for Deshaun Watson in that league like three weeks before the initial, you know, massage story broke too. So I have uh, some killer luck in that league with trade timing at least. Debro, Amari Cooper, and the rest of these skill position guys, what are you doing? I, I I'm with Fitz on this and Joku falls to being a tight end too. Uh, Amari Cooper is he's a low end wide receiver three heck maybe even a high end wide receiver four because this this offense could just tank if DTR can't support anybody and Cleveland could just turtle man they could just go into their shell and could just say look we're just gonna run the ball run the ball run the ball run the ball. So Jerome Ford, yeah, still an RB2, could actually be a bump for him and that they lean on the run game a little bit more. But yeah, it's it's not good, guys. Worm, can I can I take 30 seconds to address the people whose fantasy teams are three and seven, but they're still watching this because they like consuming fantasy football shows? Yes. Uh for 2024, 
put Amari Cooper on your draft list because this guy is good. Yeah. He's perennially underrated as it is. Mm-hmm. And now this is going to kill his numbers the rest of the way. So people are going to look at the stats next year and they're going to rank him lower than he it's should be. Uh, like, I, I already know that I'm going to draft a lot of Amari Cooper in 2024. That That's a damn good call because uh, Deshaun Watson, when he has been under center, I mean, Cooper, I... I had to amend the blurbs and the primer like four times after the Watson news came out. And then I was like, oh, okay, well, well, PJ Walker is going to start. And then the Browns were like, no, 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 it's DTR, baby. Um, but Cooper has been so dependable, like at 90 or more receiving yards and almost every start Watson's made. I love that call, Fitz. Love it. This game is a perfect opportunity to talk about this year's Fantasy Over-Under Challenge presented by Betting Pros. Each week, the guys will be making over-under picks for 10 different players for how many fantasy points we expect them to score. Submit your picks at fantasypros.com slash challenge to play along with the guys so you don't miss out on the chance to win awesome prizes. One of this week's players is Jalen Warren coming off his first career 100-yard game, which Debro actually predicted last week on the Thursday show. So very much he gets his props for that one. His line this week is set at exactly 10 fantasy points against the Browns. Do we think he goes over again, Debro? Over. The, the I mean, Jalen Warren he's been whisperer a says lock over. For 10, 11 to 12 points. Now, if he, if it were to happen, he gets the 60% share and not the 50% share this week. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a stone lock. Give me the over. Fitz, are you also over? Yes, I'm over, and I should probably take this uh, this time to bend the knee to Debro because I said before the season that Najee Harris, was, the, the Jalen Warren threat was being overplayed, and uh, Debro was totally right about that. I was wrong, uh, and heaven knows I've lorded the Cortland Sutton call <laughs> over him uh, ever since last year, so you know I, I've got to uh, accept it, my defeat D- here. D- Debro's really hit a, an oddly high number of of players he planted his flag on this year puka cj stroud yes. jalen warren he's he's having a strangely good year i don't know what's going <laughs> tank on Dell, ball game. tank dell <laughs> tank dell yes, yes. Time, Sammy ball been, game. yes yeah the list goes on a good time I, I, a good time yeah, he had a, he had a good summer uh bears at lions is our next game here key question justin fields is back this week i don't know what they've said like 100 percent. if i miss it but he's he's gonna be back this week will he ignite the bears offense right away and more specifically help dj Moore start producing again fits i'm optimistic i mean you never know what you're gonna get from justin fields as a passer in any given week but he and dj Moore were clicking early in the season and um you know Moore's productivity has really been capped by Tyler Bajan to uh, give him credit. He certainly didn't embarrass himself as an undrafted rookie, but clearly has a long way to go as an NFL passer. And hey, the Lions cornerbacks aren't great. Uh, It's easier to throw on Detroit than it is to run against them. So I'm kind of optimistic. Debra, what do you think about Fields coming back in general, this specific matchup, and also DJ Moore? This game is going to be fireworks, man. I think the total is trying to tell us that Fields coming back, he's 100%. Uh, Fitz talked about it and then the Lions have been a pass funnel defense the entire season and I don't think that's going to change this week yeah I've got DJ Moore ranked as my wide receiver 12 man I think he goes off this week Lions secondary can be beat and uh, just to throw some context out there fields when he has been on the field his passing numbers have been good man 11th in yards per attempt 14th and highly accurate throw rate I think this is going to be a fantastic game man I want to throw out a player prop you guys as well. You can find these player props on betting pros. I'll be drawing from DraftKings Sportsbook odds, of course. 
And I want to hit on the Lions' backfield. David Montgomery, 49 and a half rushing yards, plus 500 to be the first touchdown scorer. Jameer Gibbs is 41 and a half rushing yards, plus 600 to be the first touchdown scorer. Do we like either of those? Again, it's David Montgomery, 49 and a half yards rushing, plus 500 first touchdown scorer. Gibbs is 41 and a half, plus 600 first touchdown scorer. Fitz? So um, I really like the over on Jameer Gibbs receiving yardage against the Bears who have given up the most uh, receiving yards to running backs of any team in the league. But I've also written up the David Montgomery rushing over in this one. And I know last week that Jameer Gibbs played 13 more snaps than Montgomery, but um, it is a revenge game. Uh, And granted, the Bears run defense has quietly been very good. They're only giving up like 3.1 yards per carry to running backs, but We've seen early in the season how the Lions like to use Montgomery to salt the game away in wins, and they are favored by eight points against the Bears at home. So I think there are going to be uh, you know, more than the 12 carries that David Montgomery got last week. And yeah, like I, I think against his old team, he's going he's gonna to go over 50. What do you think, Debra? I think I'm staying away from both the rushing lines. Uh, Fitz talked about how good the Bears' run defense has been. And I think if, if Montgomery gets there, it's based off of volume. But I, I'm more interested in the touchdown prop for Montgomery. I mean, we've seen the goal line work. And also, I don't know if y'all saw this, guys. Uh, the St. Brown brothers were interviewing Jameer Gibbs, and he was talking about his rushing touchdowns last week. And David Montgomery should have gone in and gotten one of those scores. But as he was about to go, he, he, he signaled for Jameer Gibbs. He's like, nah, go get it, young blood. Go get you a touchdown. And so he called him in. So we could have seen another goal line tote for Montgomery and he could have finished with two touchdowns last week instead of one. We know he's the goal line hammer. So give me the touchdown prop for for David Montgomery here. If you're looking to raise the stakes every Sunday and become even more invested in your fantasy football team, we've got a game changer for you. Just visit fantasypros.com slash props and you can view the top recommended player prop bets for your fantasy football players. Combine your fantasy football knowledge with our prop bet cheat sheet to make informed bets and score big. If you're ready to become a prop bet pro, then head over to fantasypros.com slash props today and let's get those wins Fellas, let's move to game number four, Chargers at Packers. Is Jaden Reed the wide receiver to roster slash play in Green Bay, D-Burrow? Uh, I, I wish I could tell you confidently, yes. I, I've i said this earlier in this week, and I'm like, somebody from this Green Bay passing attack is going to walk away with a really, really good game. I don't know who the heck it's going to be. My bet is on Christian Watson because he's got the downfield role regression is primed to hit he's got eight end zone targets and zero touchdowns on them so if i'm gonna pick one of these guys give me watson but good lord somebody's gonna walk away with a good game and and i i don't have a really good take on who it's gonna be fitz you're the packers guy do you have a take on who it's gonna be yeah, I mean, I want to like Jaden Reed, but as Debro has pointed out to me, um, because the Packers are working Dontavian mix, uh, Dontavian um, Wicks into the mix, uh, they are sort of keeping Jaden Reed's snap shares every week around 50%. So I don't know. I've got them all bunched pretty tightly in this week's rankings. It's Dobbs at wide receiver 39, Watson at 40, Reed at 47. Rest of season, I still want Watson. I mean, this guy is six foot four has 4.38 speed, and we did not just imagine that he scored eight touchdowns over a four-game stretch last season. Like, that actually happened. I refuse to believe that someone who scored eight touchdowns in four games is just going to fall off the face of the earth for the entire season. Like, I I do think Watson is going to have some smash games down the stretch. 
to Fitz's point, the, the, the problem in this offense has not been a Watson problem. If you go watch the film, he's running wide open the entire freaking game. It's a love problem. It's not a Watson problem. I want to ask about a young receiver on the other side. Quentin Johnston finally got in the end zone, his first touchdown last week. Is there any juice here for a second-half surge? We often see it with talented first-round rookies, but he's just been such a zero this year that it's kind of hard to envision it. But, again, we did see him get a touchdown last week. Fitz, what do you think? We almost had, like, a uh, fab craze for Quentin Johnston last. He should have had an 85-yard catch and run touchdown, too, because he got interfered with by a Lions cornerback, who then kind of stumbled. Justin Herbert proceeds to hit uh, Quentin Johnston right in the hands with a pass where he had nothing but, you know, open field ahead of him, and it just sailed right through his hands. And and that's the thing, man. I, I just don't know. He's so mistake-prone right now. Um it, Quentin Johnston is such a physical marvel and a mismatch for like every cornerback he goes up against, but his hands are terrible. Uh, He just can't seem to get it together. I'm not ready to say it won't ever happen for him, but I don't think it's going to happen for QJ this year. D bro. I wish I could tell you. Yes, I really do. But the chargers decided to spend a first round pick on a wide receiver. They were going to utilize in a similar vein of Marquez Valdez Scantling, like just have him run clear outs all freaking game. And for the life of me, I don't understand why they're doing that. It makes zero sense. It made it has made zero sense ever since Mike Williams has been out, but here we are. They continue to do it. So no, I've, um, I'm going to do this. I've done it before and I'll do it again for the people. I'm raising the white flag. So QJ is going to go off for, for 90 receiving yards this week. I, I give up. I I'm, I'm sorry. I give up. Let's, uh, let's shift to for the Cardinals people. at Texans. Who are we more excited about in this one? CJ Stroud in the passing attack or Devin Singletary in the rushing game. Stroud's obviously been better this season, but both have pretty enticing matchups here against Arizona. D bro. I'm I'm in for Stroud, man. And I was very surprised, and I stand opposed from um, not consensus, but I stand opposed from how a lot of people are looking at Devin Singletary in this game. Because when I wrote it up in the primer, the Cardinals, yes, they stunk first to the run over the first few weeks. If you look at what they've done since Week Five, they are actually an improving run defense since Week Five. Eighth lowest missed tackles uh, per attempt, tenth lowest yards after contact per attempt. So I think that this is an an improving run defense. And I feel like we're chasing here. We, everybody saw what Devin Singletary did last week versus the Bengals and said, oh, my Lord, that's crazy. Like the, the guy just ran forever. He played 80% of the snaps. If we rewind to the previous week before that, he did nothing with a similar snap share. So I, I think that we're being a little bit chasey here. I, I think Devin Singletary obviously is going to get all the work. Damian Pierce is not going to play this week. So I like Devin Singletary as an RB2, but I'm not going out over my skis for it because I think this is still going to be a C.J. Stroud-led offense, and I'm really in for the passing attack. What do you expect out of this one, Fitz? Ditto on everything Debro just said about uh, Devin Singletary. It, it's C.J. Stroud in the passing attack. I mean, we might have just lost Joe Burrow for multiple weeks. There just aren't that many fun passing attacks left. And suddenly the Texans have, what, a, a top six, top seven mm-hmm. passing attack in the league. Who could have thought that back yeah. like in August or July? No one. I mean, this is no it's it's great. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited about Stroud and company. 
Let's go to another betting pros over under challenge here with Kyler Murray coming off a QB 13 finish in his first week back off IR. His line this week is set at exactly 20 fantasy points against the Texans. Debro, what do you think Kyler Murray gets? Going over, baby. He got 18 fantasy points last week and he didn't even throw a passing touchdown. What do we think he's going to do in a shootout game script and a really good matchup? Give me the over. Fitz, where are you at on Kyler for the week? I'm not sure where he's ranked in the consensus or where you have him. Yeah, I'm below consensus, unfortunately. I guess I got to go under. Like, I would not be shocked at all if he went over this, but uh, I, I think under is the better percentage play. It looks like he's QB. He's actually QB 14. Oh, no, that's rest of the season. Sorry. He's for this week. Uh, I've got him at QB10. He's, QB, he's QB10 this week. So, um, yeah, you are a couple spots lower, Fitz, but not by that much. Uh, man, November is such an awesome sports month. Second half of the NFL season, NBA and NHL are in full swing. College football is delivering some great rivalry matchups. And, of course, Fitz and I are once again Big Ten basketball degenerates. And while we all love watching our favorite teams on television, there is nothing in the world better than being at a game live and in person. And the best way to get tickets to any of these games is on Game Time, the official ticketing app of the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. Fitz, if I took Chiefs-Eagles off the table of all the games in the week 11 slate which one would you most want to be at live this week i think it's actually texans cardinals and who could have imagined that back it's it's gonna be a fun game man like i can't wait to watch this one diva what do you think i think it's texans cardinals um if i'm gonna throw out a second one just to be different here it's uh lions and bears i think that game is gonna go nuclear i love that game yeah, I think those are both great calls. Mine, of course, would have been Ravens Bengals at the bank in prime time, of course. I am on the Game Time app right now, and tickets are still available for your guys' games, of course, not my pick. It even shows me what the cheapest options are, and I can also see from the seats right away the view without having to click through a bunch of times to understand just what it is I'm paying for. For last minute amazing deals on tickets to see your favorite football team, download Game Time, download the Game Time app, create an account, and redeem code Fantasy Pro for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, download the GameTime app and enter code FANTASYPROS, all one word, for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Fellas, let's move to Titans at Jaguars. My key question here, was last week a throw-away-the-footage type of game from the Jags where they just toss out the film and you just kind of move on? Or are we getting even more concerned about this offense beyond just what was a tough matchup against an angry 49ers team, Pat? Well, um, Travis Etienne will be fine, still an elite option at running back. I I do think the Jaguars need more out of Trevor Lawrence. Um, We were all expecting Lawrence to take another big step up this year, and he's actually taken a, a small step backwards. I still believe in Lawrence, though. I only have him ranked quarterback 15 this week because it appeared to be a very good week for quarterbacks, uh, at at least until Thursday night happened. Um, But yeah, Lawrence is certainly capable of going off against the Titans this week. Debro, any takeaways from this, you know, blowout loss that they suffered against San Francisco? Are we still kind of viewing the Jags in the same light we were before last week? I'm viewing them in the same light that I have been looking at it. They've been on the struggle bus and I don't think that stops. Uh, I think that, Trevor Lawrence has been quietly, I mean, Fitz is being nice about it, I think. Trevor Lawrence has been playing bad football for most of the season. I mean, you look at since week six, he's outside the top 18 uh, quarterbacks and passer rating, highly accurate throw rate, and fantasy points per dropback. He's literally only had 
uh, what is it, three QB one weeks, two of those came against the Colts. So if he's not played the Colts, he's been bad all year. So I've got him even lower. I've got him at QB 19 this week. I don't have a lot of faith. This offense has been running on the back of Travis Etienne, and I think they're going to get back to that this week. Uh, but I don't have a lot of faith in Trevor Lawrence moving forward. I don't see like what is going to change in this offense that's going to help. Uh, I know the offensive line has been a concern. Calvin Ridley teams have been able to take him away. I, don't, I, I just don't see what moving forward, what's going to change for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, Fitz, I think I think Debro Erickson and I talked about this on the Thursday show a bit, but just how surprised are you at this Trevor Lawrence season he's having? He has only gone over 300 passing yards in a game once all year, and he has only hit even two touchdowns in a game twice all year. So is it just that ETN is getting way more work than we expected and that's just taking away from the passing game or like like I, I consider myself extremely surprised by this. I was very, very bullish on Lawrence mm-hmm. going into the season, Fitz. I was too. Same here. It just, it, like, it seems like he has not been the playmaker that he was uh, last year. Like, I'm, we're just not seeing a lot of big-time throws. Like, looking at his numbers, there's not a lot off as far as, like, the YPA is fine, the completion percentage is fine, the touchdown percentage is a little deflated. But, yeah, like, just the, you know, the... the uh, Yards per drop back, as Debro mentioned, um, like there's just he's missing the big plays that so many of these other top passers are like. I mean, how many big time throws has CJ Stroud made this year compared with Trevor Lawrence? Like it's it's not even close. So we have to we have to see a little more hero ball from Trevor Lawrence, quite honestly. I think it's I think it's the other part about this, Fitz, is that under pressure, He's been pretty bad. Like he's 33rd in pressure completion rate right now. So I think the other part about this, the offensive line has not been able to keep him clean and he has not mitigated or he has not navigated muddy pockets well at all this year. I want to throw a player prop here from DraftKings. Travis Etienne over under 67 and a half rushing yards, 22 and a half receiving yards. Again, it's 67 and a half Ooh. rushing yards, 22 and a half receiving yards for Travis Etienne. Debro, are you going over or under on either of those? I'm probably staying away from both. I think that I think the rushing line is actually a very good line. If I have to take anything, I'll take the over because I think they're going to get back to feeding in the ball. But I'm just I'm worried about this offense overall. Fitz, you bet neither of those? Yeah, I'll echo Debro on that. Don't really want to play the rushing total, but I think I would be over on the yardage total for uh, receiving yards. Let's move to Raiders at Dolphins. What do we expect of the Dolphins' backfield? Looking like this week, you know, A-Chan coming back, Jeff Wilson. There's a lot of moving pieces here. So, Fitz, what do you kind of expect out of Miami, both in terms of the workload and the performance? Oh, worm. I think Devon Achan is going to lead the way. Uh, the kid is special. I mean, he, he's not going to average 12 yards per carry the rest of the season, unfortunately, but he is far and away the best running back the Dolphins have. And I would not be surprised if we saw less of Raheem Mostert than everyone is expecting. Like, even with Achan out, Mostert has averaged just over 11 carries a game since week seven with just one catch over that stretch. And Mostert has fumbled four times in his last six games. Uh, He's only lost one of those fumbles, but we are talking about a dude who's put the ball on the ground four times in his last 77 touches. That's like a 5% fumble rate, which is not good. So it wouldn't be surprising if it was A-Chan in the lead and then Mostert and Jeff Wilson kind of like dicing up whatever's left over. Debra, what kind of split are you looking at? 
I'm looking at Devon Achan as RB11 in my ranks for the week, if that tells anybody too, anything. Too low. Too low. I, I I don't disagree with you, Fitz. I was going to ask you. My first question was going to be, where do you have him ranked? Because I want to be in line with consensus because you have nailed everything with Achan yeah. for the entire season. RB7. All right. I'm, I'm bumping him up. I'm putting him at RB7 <laughs> right behind Jameer Gibbs, man. Tell you me guys right are now, both higher than consensus for the record. Oh, yeah. Right now, uh, in half PPR, he's at RB12. Um, I don't know if that's just some hesitation with the injury or not, because obviously he's way surpassed I mean, that in every game he's played fully the healthy The thing I want to throw out here, too, is that how many times do we see running backs, when they come back from injury, it's it's not, oh, the, the narrative is always, oh, we're going to ease them back in. They always usually come back to full workloads. This this was his backfield, and he's done nothing to lose it. And, and I mean... Fitz laid this out perfectly. If anything, Raheem Mostert has done all the things when he's been out to lose the backfield. So HN could walk back in, and this could be even more of his backfield than it was when he left. If you guys need new tires for your car, Discount Tire is your go-to. They have exceptional service, and you get a 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at DiscountTire.com. They have this really cool feature called Treadwell, which is an online tire buying guide that gives you transparency on tire performance, as well as personalized recommendations based on your location and driving habits. Discount Tire is also the largest independent tire retailer in the country, so it has the biggest selection of tires and wheels. And here's a pro tip from the experts at Discount Tire. You can prevent wear and boost gas mileage by keeping your tires properly inflated. Tire pressure supports the weight of your vehicle and is important to check for safety. So if it's been over a month since you last checked your tire pressure, stop by one of their local stores for a free tire safety and air pressure check. Discount Tire, let's get you taken care of. And let's move to game number eight, Giants at Commanders. This is an ugly one. Considering how much defensive attention he gets and the unlikelihood of the Giants scoring many, if any, touchdowns, is Saquon Barkley sneakily no longer a must-start running back, Pat? Still a must-start. He's averaging mm-hmm. 22 carries and almost three catches a game since he came back from injury five games ago. Um, yes, he's a running back two and not a running back one, but he's absolutely a must-start. Debra, where do you have him ranked uh, both this week and moving forward? Um, This week, I've got him ranked at... Uh, he's he's at RB eleven for me right now, but I've I've bounced. He, he's been everywhere between mid mid RB two to low end RB one. I mean, fits hit it perfectly. The volume is there. Uh, the matchup is not great. Like the Giants should be able to move the ball through the air versus the Commanders this week. So you're going to see a better output, and that's going to mean scoring opportunities for Saquon. Rest of season, I've got Saquon at RB twenty. So I, I I think that he's an RB two. I think. Even if you're just looking at the landscape for the running back position right now, who else are you starting over him that you're like, okay, he's going to get more volume. He's going to produce better. I'm still starting Saquon weekly. I want to ask you guys quickly, and I didn't tell you I was going to ask this question, but on Sam Howell, because you guys are roughly in line with consensus. He's he's QB 15 this week. I think you guys are one or two spots higher um, mm-hmm. in you know compared to ECR. I'm not sure why he's not higher than that. If you look at his fit where he's finished at the position going back several weeks, QB five, QB seven, QB 23, QB one, QB 10, QB four. So five of the last six weeks, he's been well ahead of that. And the giants are not some crazy good defense or anything. So why is he not a little higher in the rankings? Do you think Fitz? 
Because people make the mistake of trying to project game script and they're imagining the commanders having this massive lead over the Giants and taking their foot off the gas in the fourth quarter. Um, His yardage total is too low uh, on DraftKings. It was like 249 and a half. This is a dude who's leading the league in attempts, completions, and passing yardage. um, And the Giants' pass defense isn't good. So, like, that's all you need to know. Like, start Sam Howell. I'm not saying Sam Howell is great, but, like, the volume is there every week. Um, Anyone who thinks he's not throwing it at least, like, 30, 35 times this week is just kidding themselves. Yeah, I will will say, you know, in defense of the people who are ranking him a little bit lower— that one game in that stretch that I just mentioned where he wasn't a top 10 quarterback was the game against the Giants, but he didn't throw for any touchdowns in that one. And I would think we would expect that to not be the case. If they're going to be up by a lot, I would think he would get one or two touchdowns in there. Debro, any thoughts on, on how? I mean, I've got him at QB 14, but it's not because I don't like Sam Howell. It's because there's so many quarterbacks in really good freaking spots this week. And it just comes down to there's only 12 guys I can rank inside the top 12 and I like the game script for Tua a little bit more. I think Jared Goff, again, going up against a um, a, a defense where you're going to have to throw. You're not going to be able to run. There's just quarterbacks that I like in that same range that you could make a case for a lot of different players uh, anywhere from QB, QB7 to QB14 right now. Let's move to the late afternoon slate here. Buccaneers at 49ers. My question is on a guy that we haven't really talked that much about on the show because he's just been an obvious must start every week. Brandon Ayuk, who is ranked as a top 15 wide receiver basically every single week, but he hasn't had more than five catches in a game since week four. He's only topped 80 yards once in that stretch. And last week was his first touchdown catch since week one. So should we be lowering expectations despite the fact that he looks awesome? And every time they throw the ball to him, like his efficiency numbers are great, but he's not actually producing that much given the relative lack of volume. So are we a little too aggressive on him ranking each and every week fits? Yeah, this is a great topic, Worm, and this was something I was thinking about when I was putting my rankings together this week. Um, yes, probably we are over-ranking him. The thing is, Ayuk is really, really good mm-hmm. and could probably be a bigger star on some other team, but the 49ers have such crazy skill position talent, and Kyle Shanahan is sort of like the good version of Arthur Smith. Like, Shanny's play calling spreads the ball around in unpredictable ways, but at least with Shanny, the ball is going to guys like McCaffrey and, and Debo and Ayuk and Kittle. Arthur Smith is spreading it around to Jonu Smith and Kaderil Hodge. And um, yeah. look, the Falcons are the Falcons are on by and I'm still finding time to trash <laughs> yeah. Arthur Smith. That's how much the guys no, tilted me. You get the next 30 year, minutes so, to do that, Fitz. It's all you. But yes, Worm, we, we probably should lower expectations for Ayuk because there hasn't been enough target volume to support his candidacy for wide receiver one status. That said, he could absolutely crush the Buccaneers this week like that. Mm-hmm. He could be a Yahtzee play in week 11. No question. Debra, where are you at on Ayuk? I've got him at wide receiver 10 this week. Um, I wrote it up in the primer. The biggest problem for Ayuk is that he has pretty much no red zone role. So can't, he's going to have to get there via deep passing, but this is one of the matchups where he can do that. Um, again, I covered all this. Uh, the coverage data is massive for Brandon Ayuk. You look at Tampa Bay has allowed the sixth most pass deep passing yards, third most deep passing touchdowns. So all of this in the wheel basket for Ayuk, as well as over the last three games, 10th highest rate, 57% of their snaps in single high versus single high. Brandon Ayuk just decimates it, man. 28% target share. 
46% air yard share. So I think Brandon Ayuk is going to crush them this week. So you can't talk me off the ledge this week, but I, I understand tempering expectations moving forward. Yeah, and, and obviously it's not like a knock on Ayuk the player. We all think he's an absolute stud, no, it, and obviously it's a great part of offense. That, the just, worm is yeah. that 49ers have crushed opponents. Like, if they didn't just absolutely boat race the Jaguars and they could have pushed back at all last week, Ayuk could have had a bigger game. I think that, that yeah. that's something that we're, that's getting lost in the sauce is the fact that the 49ers are just beating the pants off of everybody. And if we had more competitive games back and forth, Ayuk's numbers would probably look a lot different as well. I've got another uh, player prop to throw out from betting pros. Again, this is DraftKings Sportsbook odds. Mike Evans over under 55 and a half receiving yards in this one, D-Bro. Hoy, uh, I think this is a big Chris Godwin week. Um, I think the line is is spot on. I'll take the over just because I think Tampa Bay is going to have to throw the ball, but I'm, I, I would be staying away if I um, had to bet it. Fits over or under 55 and a half receiving yards for Mike Evans. That's a good line. I agree with Eber on this. It is a good line. I'm going to go over just because he's Mike Evans and I don't fear the 49ers cornerbacks. The issue is whether we are going to see Baker Mayfield get enough time against the 49ers pass rush for Mike Evans to run those higher average depth of target routes, uh, you know, and, and haul in some of these long throws. But the dude's so good, you know, he's going to toast uh, a cornerback on the 49ers at least once or twice in this game. Can we talk about uh, uh so we we kind of hit on the um the hits from the offseason. I I will only L was a big miss. I was off of Mike Evans the entire offseason. He he has absolutely put me in a body bag with that. So kudos to Mike Evans. He has not fallen off. He's been fantastic this year. Yeah, he he I I was surprised. I don't do rankings, but I was also quite surprised by that. I was Props, I was very yeah. much to in Baker line with Mayfield you guys. for supporting yeah. him also. Seriously? Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's go to Jets at Bills. And guys, this was this one was a really easy key question to come up with. Josh Allen struggles against the Jets historically, including in their first matchup this season, which everybody watched in prime time in week one. So what is our concern level for this Bills offense, both in this matchup and considering the recent, you know, the turnover struggles? Also, the offensive coordinator change to Joe Brady. There's all these different factors. Main one for me is just what Josh Allen typically does against his defense. But taking all that into account, Debro, what kind of concern do we have going into this matchup? A lot. Um, I, I'm not going to say that I did it because I, 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 I considered at one point looking at ranks this week of, of bumping down Josh Allen to like a low end QB one because of the matchup, because of this offense. It's. that's something I think it's been lost a little bit this year is this offense is, this is nothing new. This offense has been dysfunctional the entire year from not using Dalton Kincaid to uh, them struggling as an offense. Like they, they seem like, I I mean, really like a, a soldier without a cause. Like they're they're They don't have an identity. It's, we trying to be a run, a running team with Latavius Murray. You really think that's a good idea? They don't, they're not running at a high pace. They're trying to pass the ball, but then they're forcing it. Like it feels like it's been 100% struggle bus for the entire season. I know the numbers have been good, but if you've watched any bills game, where have you been like, Oh man, they're cooking. Josh Allen is crushing. Like uh, it's wheels up, but it's not. Everything's been a struggle. It's been so back and forth. Like they'll have a hot, like good two drives where, Gabe Davis comes out with a deep, a deep uh, reception or something like that. And then they go into they go into turtle mode for the next three drives. So I've got a lot of concern. I think Joe Brady is an upgrade over Ken Dorsey. I think they're going to do some smarter things. And 
I'm very curious what we're going to see out of James Cook usage moving forward. Are they going to get away with this whole like Latavius Murray stuff that we've been seeing and things like that? Yeah. And just put the ball in one of their best playmakers hands and say, look, you know, go be special. Yeah, I think it's a good question. Fitz, I want to get your opinion both on the matchup specifically with the Jets and also on the change to Joe Brady. Everything Debro said about the Bills offense is correct, but I'm still sort of um, taking the leap of faith that I've got Josh Allen at QB three this week. Um, Like, I I think he can still have a good fantasy day by making it work with um, Dalton Kincaid and James Cook, because we know the Jets are going to throw blankets over the wide receivers. That's just what they do. Um, So a lot of Kincaid, a lot of Cook and some running for Josh Allen, of course. And Debro was right. Like Cook is the guy whose usage I cannot wait to see under uh, Joe Brady, because on one hand, Joe Brady spent a lot of time preaching to the media the other day about the evils of turnovers, which almost seemed like it was a shot across James Cook's bow as far as how much he's put it on the ground this year. But on the other hand, Clyde Edwards Hilaire was a freaking superstar at LSU with Joe Brady Mm -hmm. calling the plays. And then Clyde Edwards came to the NFL and joined the Chiefs, this very high-powered offense, and we learned that CEH just wasn't that good. And if Joe Brady could make CEH look like a star, what might he be able to do with a more talented back in James Cook? That's a great call. In a matchup where you can run the freaking ball against the Jets, too. That doesn't that does not need to get lost here. The Jets run defense has not been good. Their secondary has their run defense has not been good. So let's hit one last betting pros over under challenge here with James Cook, who is on the slate this week, coming off a weird game where he was in the doghouse for fumbling part of the time, as we mentioned. But he looked explosive when actually getting touches. Obviously, the Joe Brady change now. His line this week is exactly 11 fantasy points. Do we think he goes over or under that against the Jets fits? God, I don't know how I can say under after what I just said, but um, <laughs> it, it does it does seem like that's too high, though. Like, that's a, a higher total than I would have expected. So, I like, I have to say under. Debro, 11 fantasy points and half PPR over or under for James I'll Cook. I'll do it for you, Fitz. I'm going over. I'm taking the over. I've got James right. Cook with my RB17. I'm, I'm going over. I'm going to say the look. And, and, and to put respect for James Cook, those are the first two fumbles the entire season for James Cook. So uh, I think they're going to they're gonna move the offense more in his direction. Give me the over. Let's go to Seahawks at Rams. Early season darling Puka Nakua, Debro's favorite, had six or fewer fantasy points in three of his last four games prior to the Week 10 bye for the Rams. Do we think he bounces back against Seattle, Debro, or is this pattern something we should maybe be a little bit worried about? Is Matthew Stafford playing this week? I assume that's a rhetorical question. No, no, no. I was asking you to answer it for me just to, to be funny. Yes. But no, I, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Pukinaku yes. is bouncing back, baby. The yeah. juice is still good. <laughs> let's let's get the squeeze on it. Like, I, that, I'm here for it, man. Like, everybody okay. talking about, like, oh, well, he's falling off. It's just people trying to confirm their priors. It's people trying to salt, put salt in the wound. It's people that, that did not see him coming out and saying he's going to be great. The quarterback play has been terrible the last few weeks. What did you expect? Like, Cooper Cup hasn't done anything either, okay? So use that same energy, okay? Use that same energy for Cooper Cup, too. Puka Baku, he's bouncing back. Matthew Stafford's playing this week. He's bouncing back. I don't have any energy. I'm just asking questions here, too, bro. This is not for you, one. That's for everybody out there. I you up. All right, Fitz, what do you think about Puka this week? Yeah, I just defer to Debro on all things Puka. So (laughs) if Debro says he's going off, then he's going off. We can move on. 
I do have another player prop here, uh, Debro, and I, it is Cooper Cup over under 81 and a half receiving yards. Ooh. What do we think? Pretty high number. I'll, I think it's a high number, but I'm going to take the over. I, th- I think this Rams offense with Stafford, assuming Stafford is healthy and he's been getting full practices in, I think this Rams offense looks like what the Rams offense looked to start the year. I'll just give me the over. Fitz, 81 and a half receiving yards for Cooper Cup. A little bit under here. He he could smash yeah. it, but I, I'm going to say he finishes in the 60s or 70s, and Puka is a big day too. Let's get to Sunday night football Vikings at Broncos. It's the worst primetime game of the week, but it's actually sneakily more fun than it might have looked a couple of weeks ago. So I want to ask you guys two of the bigger storylines from the last couple of weeks are Denver's rejuvenated defense. And of course, Josh Dobbs, who's just been the Cinderella you know, story of the year. Who wins out this week, Josh Dobbs or this defense that's playing at a higher level now, Fitz? Cinderella Dobbs, and I'll feel even more confident about that if we learn that Justin Jefferson is going to be back from his hamstring injury. Um, and and by the way, Denver's rejuvenated defense did not look that rejuvenated against the run with the Bills uh, the other mm-hmm. night because James Cook just completely trampled them, 109 yards and 12 carries. So, um, yeah, like I, it will be a fun game. I actually think the Vikings are going to win this one in Denver. Debra, how do you see this one playing out? I think Ty Chandler is going to have a day. I have an RB 18 right now, and that might feel like it's a little bit too low um, because you can run all over Denver. I think Josh Dobbs keeps the Cinderella story going uh, both with his legs and Denver. Even if we want to talk about the cornerbacks are playing much better, they still can't stop any tight ends. So assuming TJ Hawkinson, we just saw him go full Travis Kelsey mode. If, if he's healthy enough to play, he's going to go off again this week. Well, Debra stepped on my second question here, asking how aggressively we're going to well, be ranking Ty Chandler. That was a lead-in, Worm. That was a lead-in. Come All on. Right, we'll, we'll, we'll call it a tease. Well, well, you're a pro. <laughs> uh, how, how aggressively are we ranking Ty Chandler both this week, but really rest of season? And before you guys answer, we do have a poll on this one as well from one of our shows earlier in the week. The poll, you can find these on Spotify and vote in them each and every week. Uh, and on most of our shows, producer John puts these up. Ty Chandler, likely starting against Denver's league-worst run defense, is his concern. Census ranking of running back 26, too high, too low, or just right. So before I give you the results, Debra, what do you think? I, I Based on what it's you said, low. obviously you think it's too low. Yeah, it's too low. Fitz, is RB26 too high, too low, or just right? It's too low, and I think people will recognize that. So the most common vote is just right. At, that got 44% of the vote. Too low is next highest at 38%. Too high, just 17%. So most people think it's just right or too low. That's over 80% of the vote is one of those two options. So back to the original question, Debro, since you teased us, I'll go with you first. How aggressively are we ranking Ty Chandler rest of season? I've got him at RB36 right now, and that's one spot ahead of Alexander Madison. Uh, I don't know I don't know where ECR sits on him, but I think you can make a case for him anywhere between RB... 26 to 36 right now Fitz, what do you think i'll pull up rest of season ecr <laughs> while you uh give your take oh see i'm lower i've got him rb 45 rest of season i've, I've okay. got him inside my top 20 for this week but i just think that it's uh back to chandler being a committee back once madison clears concussion protocol who do, who do you think the rest of the season guy is for the rest of the season though Fitz? do you think like mind's eye who leads them in carries rest of the season is it chandler or madison I think it's Chandler pretty like by by a decent amount. If he blows out this week, I think he could take over the lead. But maybe that's where I'm wrong here. 
Maybe if he blows up. I mean, I, if I had to put money on it, I'd probably bet Chan- uh, Madison, to be okay. honest with you. Okay. He is still down at RB54 rest of the season. I think part of that's that is still low. catching up to yeah, it's catching you know, the up. recent developments. I don't yeah. think that's fully – although he has jumped 16 spots in the last week. So he's moved up a, you know, quite a bit. But I think that will probably continue to move up more. I don't know if it will get all the way to the you know, 20s, right? But um, I, I don't think it's going to stay in the 50s. If Madison I think. gets When Madison gets ruled out – this week, probably for the concussion, I think that it's going to get move up a little bit more, too. Yeah, I, so, I think yeah. you're probably right. Uh, okay, let's wrap up with Monday Night Football, the amazing game of the week. Eagles at Chiefs. This is another super fun, just start everybody you can game, right? There's no cause for concern for any of these guys. Well, I mean, I don't want to start any uh, Eagles tight end with get Dallas Goddard out. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not starting Jack Stoll. Uh, and I don't really want to start any Chiefs wide receiver not named Rishi Rice. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, come one, come all. All right. So since that's, you know, right, we're starting all these guys anyway. Uh, instead of a main question, let's just have a little fun. We'll wrap up the show with one bold prediction about this awesome primetime game. Fitz, I'll start with you. Oh, bold prediction. Uh, well, look, tr- it's meet the parents night for Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Kelsey's <laughs> parents and Taylor Swift's parents are going to meet for the first time. Oh! Kelsey just goes off whenever Swift is in attendance. So I'm going to say that he goes for 150 yards and two touchdowns against the Eagles. Nice. Love it. Debra. I didn't know we were having a, a family meeting at this game. Uh, thank you, Fitz, for letting me know. I need that in my <laughs> life. Um, I, I'll go bold here in versus what consensus thinks about this run defense. I'm going to say Isaiah Pacheco runs for a buck 50 and gets two touchdowns this week. If you look at what the Eagles' run defense has done over the last few weeks since week five, they've taken a big step back. They're allowing the sixth highest explosive run rate, their fifth highest in missed tackles uh, per attempt. So this is a sneaky game for Isaiah Pacheco to go off. Uh, I'm going to throw out a bold prediction as well. I'm going to say, and this doesn't, it's not going to sound bold because he's ranked as QB1 this week, but I'm going to say that Mahomes actually does finish as QB1 this week, which he's only done once this season. And if you go back the last six weeks, he's actually, well, six games because one of these was a bye, but the last seven weeks, six games, he's only been over 20 fantasy points once out of that time. It was this huge game against the Chargers. So I'm going to say this is another huge blow up spot again super bowl rematch he wants to come out strong he wants to let his buddy travis kelsey have a big day i think he actually does finish qb1 for just the second time this season guys great show we will wrap it up there for fitz and debro i am ryan warmly thank you everybody so much for tuning in good luck this week and uh, we'll see you again next time Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. If you love the show, the best free way to support us is by leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts at fantasypros.com slash review or on Spotify. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 